This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 315. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a more compassionate plant-based lifestyle. I'm one of your hosts, Vicki. And this is Larissa. Now, when I say the word malt, what do you think of? Candy. You know what I think of? What? I think of Scooby-Doo and the malt house, the malt shop. The malt shop with <laughs> yeah. two P's the and an E. The malt shop. The malt yes. shoppy. Yes, yes. Or beer, Candy. liquor. Malted, malt liquor. Candy. Candy, whoppers. (laughs) Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Well, I never really thought of malt as a healthy addition to a diet, quite Hmm. honestly. But I don't know why I didn't. I never really just thought in depth. But luckily, we have today a guest who is going to talk to us in depth about malt and the benefits of malt, specifically for those of us who are eating more of a plant-based lifestyle. Our guest is registered dietitian Jillian Greaves. And as I mentioned, she's going to talk all about that wonderful, wonderful uh, sprouted grain. <laughs> sprouted we just grain learned all kinds of stuff process. from Jillian. Look at me. Look at me talking about malt. <laughs> but before we get into that, we have a new rating. Yes, we do. This is from Nico the Slayer 89, who says, I am a fairly new listener and vegetarian. I am trying to start getting used to this diet, and this podcast helps me relax. Awesome. Aww. Nico the Slayer sounds like an awesome avatar. I'm yeah, seeing some, like a somebody video with game. a sword. A yeah. sword, yeah. Like an RPG uh, character. Something right? like that. Yep. <laughs> All right. It makes me want to go play some games. <laughs> All right. This episode is brought to you by our Golden Apple Roundtable. If you're not familiar with the folks of the Golden Apple Roundtable, those are the the people that help support this show via Patreon.com. Now, Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easier for artists, creators, and in this case, podcasters, to get support from their fans, followers, and community members. Many people do not realize that there are real costs involved in putting together a podcast. Uh, But we do incur costs for media hosting, website hosting, equipment, all that sorts of stuff. And we've been doing this for six years, as you heard in the intro. This is episode number 315. So any monetary support we receive from these folks goes directly back into the cost of producing the podcast and keeping it going free to our listeners on a weekly basis. If you are interested in supporting us please head out to patreon.com forward slash vegetarian zen and you're going to see a video of Larissa and me. And in that video, we're going to discuss, or we're going to, we do, <laughs> as it's in the future, we uh, discuss the mission of vegetarian zen. And on the one of the sides of the pages, I don't know what, I think they move some things around, but on one of the sides of the pages, you're going to see various support levels. You're going to see a dollar and then up to $50 and some amounts in between that. But you can also customize your own giving amount so whatever if you don't if you see an amount level like let's just say it's one two five or something you say i want to give four dollars a month you can have at it you can customize it uh certain levels will qualify you for some vegetarians and swag such as a car magnet recyclable grocery bag stickers or t-shirt even a dollar a month can go a long way to help us to keep the podcast going. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you. you. And, you know, we've had some folks that have been contributing to us for a very long time. Yes. We really appreciate 
all of your support. And if you're not interested in contributing on a monthly basis, that is no problem. We get it. So we have a one-time button located on our one-time show of support button that is located on our website that says buy us a juice. So if you go out, uh, I think we have a tab that says support us Mm -hmm. and or support or support us or something along those lines. And when you go there, you'll see the link to the golden apple round table slash Patreon. And then you'll also see uh, the buy us a juice and you can select levels from there also and it's a paypal it's a paypal button so it takes you directly to paypal yes all right so are we ready to get into our interview with jillian yes this is exciting i am excited to learn all about malt okay so jillian greaves is a registered dietitian with a strong foundation in nutritional science and a deep understanding of the relationship between food body and mind and i really dug this about her Mm -hmm. because I am all about the whole the holistic. holistic approach. Well, and I think that it, it resonates with a lot of our listeners as well. Yeah, a lot community. of people really are paying attention to that overall, I think, these mm-hmm. days. All right, Jillian holds a Bachelor of Science in Human Nutrition and Dietetics from UMass Amherst and a Master of Public Health Nutrition from Tufts University. She also completed an internship at the University of Michigan, gaining experience in medicinal nutrition therapy, food service management, and community nutrition. And she worked in clinical nutrition research at the USDA Human Nutrition Research Center on Aging at Tufts University. That is a very impressive and diverse (laughs) background. It sure is. She's also an active member of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the Massachusetts Academy of nutrition and dietetics, the weight management dietetic practice, and we're going to talk a little bit about weight and mindset mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing in our interview, uh, dietitians and integrative and functional medicine practice group, and the nutrition entrepreneurs practice group. So you can learn more about her, and we're going to have links in the show notes, but one of the places you can find her is at preventionpantry.com. If I were Jillian, I'd be having to take lots of naps. All right. So without further ado, let's bring on Jillian. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Welcome. Hello. Thanks Hi. So much Thank you, guys. Here. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to talk about something that I myself really, really like, but admittingly, I didn't know a whole lot about, and that is malt. So I'm really excited to learn more about this. But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a private practice registered dietitian in Boston. Um, so I work primarily one-on-one with clients, providing uh, personalized nutrition counseling, uh, medical nutrition therapy for a variety of of reasons. Um, I work mostly with women and women in particular that have hormonal imbalances, uh, GI issues, um, people kind of in the sport and performance world, and also kind of people just uh, interested in general health and wellness and you know, improving their, their overall health. So um, I have a, an office um, where I see clients in Back Bay in Boston. I don't know how familiar you guys are with, uh, with Boston. Um, we passed through then, it once on the way to Provincetown. Okay. That was it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, so I have an office in Back Bay where I see clients. And then I also um, see people virtually, actually, um, through telehealth all over the country. Isn't it crazy how flat our world has gotten now where you can talk, you can consult with people like that all over the country. It's crazy to me. It is. It's awesome. It I mean, is. it's really great. You know, we'll we'll have people that listen to the podcast in Spain or you know, New Zealand. And oh, wow. Crazy how you can uh, 
how we can connect now with the technology and stuff. So that's great. So you get to see, you have clients virtually as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I won't lie. I, I love the in-person connection. I think, you know, there's no substitution for that, but I think it makes, um, you know, nutrition counseling accessible to a lot more people and it helps people to be able to find, um, you know, someone that's a really great fit or kind of specializes in what they are looking for, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So malt, you know, and I, I told yeah. you before we started recording today, I said, I love malt, but I have probably been consuming it in not good ways, <laughs> but and I, I, I admittedly did not even know how it was made or anything. So can you tell us what, what is malt? And yeah. We'll get into like some of the benefits and stuff, but maybe for people who don't realize what it is. So there's there's different types of malt. Um, the type of of you know malt that I'm going to be talking about is uh, barley malt extract. So basically, um, this is uh, sprouted barley, right? So um, that's the process of soaking whole barley in water, which actually increases the availability and concentration of nutrients. And then the malt is further processed to produce a liquid or a powder that we refer to as malt extract. And this is the food ingredient that is, um, you know, used in a variety of food products. Um, so, so that's yes. kind of what, yeah. Yeah, so that was something that I didn't realize because I had heard of malted barley, which you hear about like in beer and things like that. But I had not, yeah. I didn't really realize that any grain can really be malted but it's typically barley that's the most common one. Yeah, so it, I mean, you guys might have seen, there's a lot of uh, sprouted grains and sprouted breads. And um, so the the process of sprouting, I think has also gained a lot of popularity because it does increase, you know, the availability of, of nutrients in these grains. Um, but yeah, particularly uh, barley malt extract is uh, used in a variety of products. Um, it's used in the making of beer. So um, that's probably where we're, we're thinking about it mostly. Yeah, the other thing that was somewhat eye-opening to me was that this has been around for a very, very long time, this whole process of malting. Yeah, yeah. So it's been around for a really long time, and I think now it's kind of just uh, making a, a comeback for health reasons. So we're kind of realizing the, the health benefits of that. Um, malt extract itself is really a... So it's a, a, I would consider it a natural plant-based sweetener. So it's it's still a sweetener, but it's uh, what I consider to be a sweetener with benefits um, or like a functional ingredient. So something that promotes uh, promotes health. So let's talk about some of those benefits because I think uh, and you know before we started recording, we had talked a little bit about how, in particular, with folks that are eating a plant-based diet. Malt definitely has a good place, I think, in one's diet, correct? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, so malt is, well, malt extract is unique because not only is it, you know, a, a plant-based natural sweetener, which I think, you know, a lot of us are gravitating towards more plant-based, uh, you know, plant-based ingredients and um, we're looking for natural sweeteners versus like highly processed sweeteners. But um, malt, malt extract is a little bit different because it's also a rich source of B vitamins, of iron, phosphorus, magnesium, zinc, um, and it's also a, a super rich source of antioxidants, which is really cool. 
So the other thing is that it has a, um, a lower glycemic index than regular table sugar. So basically what that means is um, it's not going to make your blood sugar spike as rapidly as table sugar. So, so are these, all of these benefits, are they kind of um, brought out or enhanced by the malting process or are they just, yes. they're just inherent? So it's, it's different than just eating barley. Like if you just cooked barley, it's different. Yes, complete, completely different. But yes, the, the reason that the malt extract has the, those, you know, kind of nutritional benefits um, is because of that malting or that sprouting process. Okay. One of the other things I was reading, which is really cool, is that it is malt is very good for athletic recovery also. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like how does it help you recover? Yeah. So um, so malt extract is um, made of maltose, which is basically two glucose molecules. So when we're exercising, right, we're using um, glucose to fuel those workouts, right? So glucose is the primary source of energy used by our body when we're exercising. Um, so post-workout malt extract um, is pretty awesome. And there's kind of some new interest in terms of kind of like the sports beverage and sports product world because malt extract can provide, you know, glucose to replenish what was used up during exercise. But the most interesting piece of things is that, you know, malt extract does have a high antioxidant content. So um, some research has shown that it can actually help to um, reduce exercise-induced inflammation and improve recovery, which is, you know, kind of ideal for athletes because they're at an increased risk for, you know, upper respiratory infections. And um, so kind of replenishing with antioxidants post-workout can really um, protect in that sense and also just enhance the, the recovery process. No doubt, we'll probably start to see a lot more um, of those supplements or, or powders, maybe with malts. It sounds like. Yeah, and I think you know, in you know, with athletes or even just people who are you know interested in in exercise, you know, we people are really want to know what is in their food, right? So they're less interested in drinking a sports beverage that is made with you know yellow number five and synthetic this and synthetic that and people are kind of like, Hey, yeah, I, I'd love to, you know, I know I need to replenish with some glucose, but I'd love if that, you know, served a, a, an additional purpose. So there's some vitamins, there's some minerals, there's some antioxidants, and it's not just sugar. Yes. Not only with food, but with products that you're putting on your body as well. So I know we've been, we've been really talking a lot about some of the products. Well, one of the products we've been talking about has been a, uh, a pea protein that we have uh, we have partnered with recently that their protein powder has three ingredients and they're all natural. So, I mean, that's awesome. And then we've also been yeah. talking about uh, like Lush products. I don't know if you're familiar with Lush, but they're a cruelty-free uh, cosmetic line and they have – cosmetic, is that right? No. It's, Cos like, uh, it's yeah, like – Body care like products. Personal yeah, like, care products. Yeah. Yeah. Personal <laughs> care products. And that's the thing I love about their products is that they're all natural. They're things I recognize. <laughs> and they also prevent, uh, are help against uh, animal testing. So that's another cool thing. But you're absolutely right. People are paying a lot more attention to the ingredients. And the more natural, much, the much better. Much better for your body. Yep. 
exactly. Now, also, what about your mood? I read I read something in um, in the research that Vicky had put together that um, malt extract contains a um, a compound that can help to lift your mood. Yes, so that is correct. So it contains um, a compound, and I always butcher how you say this, but ordinine which is a component of malt extract that is associated with an improved mood, which is really cool as well. So kind of a a benefit there too, from kind of a mental health standpoint. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're happy and not inflamed. That's that's (laughs) a good combo. Exactly. That sounds ideal. (laughs) So I was going to ask you, then this is the part I'm going to, I struggle with. So I, I told you, I love malt. I love the taste of malt. What are some healthy ways to consume it? Because I doubt a bag of Whoppers is uh, is the right way to consume it. So, what are some healthy ways that people can use this as a supplement within in what they're eating? Yeah, so malt, you know, barley malt extract specifically um, as a food ingredient, I I recommend treating it as a, a natural plant based sweetener, kind of a an alternative to your regular table sugar. So you can use it in in baking. Um, and, you know, kind of for home use in that way for uh, a sweetener with a lower glycemic impact and, you know, the benefit of the, the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidant, um, you know, on the market, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of malt extract in products um, in the coming years. So in things like, you know, your artisanal breads and, um, you know, whole grain cereals and um, kind of healthy snacks. So in kind of packaged food products, I think we're going to be seeing malt used a lot more. That's so awesome. when you when you use it as a uh, sorry Vicky, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Oh no, I was just uh, saying that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Uh, when when you use it as a uh, replacement for just regular sugar, uh, is it a, a direct replacement? Is it like a one to one ratio, or how is it how is it used that way? Yeah, so it, it does have it, it has a little bit. Um, it's less sweet than, uh, you know, your regular table sugar in terms of taste. So I think maybe there's a little bit of an adjustment there, but you, you can substitute it in terms of, you know, in, in baking, you know, things that you would typically use regular table sugar in, but the taste is going to be a little bit different. And it also depends on the type of malt extract and, you know, where it's coming from and how it's processed. Right, right. I had another question for you, and this isn't exactly about malt, but your clients, correct me if I'm um, wrong, but you have clients that are plant-based and not plant-based, or are they mostly plant-based? Okay. So uh, with the folks that are eating more of a plant-based diet, what are some of the big missing pieces as far as their nutrition goes that, that maybe are overlooked or you see deficiencies in their diet? Yeah. So uh, uh, there are a handful of deficiencies that come up all the time um, with my vegan, my vegetarian clients. Um, some of the big ones I would say would be B12. You know, vegetarians and vegans are at a higher risk of B12 deficiency because, mo- you know, most B12 is coming from animal products. Mm-hmm. Um, so like your meat, milk, eggs, fish. B12 is super important because it plays a crucial role in kind of the normal functioning of our brain, our central nervous system, and also in the formation of red blood cells. So it's really important and it can be hard to obtain from plant foods. So if you're totally um, vegan, then, you know, you can do, you know, fortified 
plant-based milks, um, fortified cereals, nutritional yeast. But even then, it's, it's really hard to, to meet your needs. Um, so malt extract is a, a good source of B vitamins, interestingly. So that's, you know, another way that you can kind of add some of that into your diet. However, that is one area where I will be honest that I do often end up having to bring in a supplement with clients. And I know not everyone is thrilled about that, but it can be really hard to, to meet your needs through food. Yeah. I've heard Dr. Michael Greger, who I'm sure you're familiar with from the, um, He's done a lot of like the forks over knives stuff and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's talked about so about really if you're strict vegan, you really need to take a B supplement and make sure you're getting enough B B in your diet. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I, I would agree, and and that's crucial. Um, other things that I see deficiencies in a lot, um, iron is a big one. So iron is really important for your body um, to be able to you know make new DNA, make red blood cells. Um, transport, transport oxygen throughout your blood for energy metabolism, immune system. So iron super important. Um, we have two kind of major types of iron. So heme iron is the most absorbable form of iron, which is found in animal products. Non-heme iron is uh, iron that comes from plant foods. And it's less absorbable than you know iron found in animal foods, but you can get enough through plants, I think if you kind of put in a, a conscious effort. So, you know, plant, plant-based sources of iron are going to be things like, you know, beans, peas, um, your cruciferous vegetables, nuts, seeds. So there, there are a variety of plant foods that contain iron. And if you actually add vitamin C to those foods when you are consuming them, um, that enhances the absorption of the non-heme iron, which is pretty cool. Also, you know, cooking food in a cast iron pan, um, will increase the iron content in your food. So there's definitely ways to, you know, not everyone needs an iron supplement, but I think it does take kind of a mindful effort to make sure that we're, we're meeting those needs. Yeah. And it's tough. It's, it's tougher than it sounds. I mean, I, I do take a supplement. I'm uh, chronically anemic. I've got lupus and so I'm, I'm just, I've been anemic for years and, you know, I, the, the supplement does help because I just can't, I can't eat enough, you know, and, I, yeah. and then I have the problem of a lot of the stuff that the, the iron is in, I just don't like. So, cause I'm super picky. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I do take an iron supplement and it does help. Yeah. And supplementation is, it's, you know, sometimes it's necessary. So, um, you know, that, that's always an option. I, I do take a, a food first approach with all of my clients, but you know, there is definitely a time and place for supplements and, you know, we use them as needed. Right. You know, one of the things I really liked when we talked, we first talked, uh, Jillian, about, you know, as you described your practice is that you were really into, like you were just saying, I really like the food, the nature knows best kind of approach. And then you start mm-hmm. with that. Uh, but one of the things we talked about was your, your view is more holistic. So food, body, yeah. mind. So we talked about some of the, maybe some of the deficiencies in the, in, in the nutrition, but maybe mm-hmm. you can touch a little bit about some of the things you also see in the holistic approach. And I really like that this conversation is happening a lot more in this day and age. Yeah. We're talking about fixing the entire person or even getting to the point where you're not necessarily being fixed. You know, it's not, it's more preventative than it is just reactionary. So can yeah. you talk a little bit about that, about how you, what you've seen in your practice with respect to that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a huge reason why I started my own, uh, you know, private practice was because, you know, I, I, 
previously worked in a clinical setting. I've had a you know variety of, of different jobs and kind of felt like, you know, I wasn't able to support clients to the best of my ability with kind of the traditional, you know, healthcare model that a dietitian works in. So I started my private practice with the intention of really combining like my passion and my love for science-based, evidence-based nutrition with mindful eating and traditional foods and really kind of, um, you know, approaching things with a non, non-diet non mentality and, and helping people to really, you know, reconnect with their bodies, learn about, you know, a pattern of eating that makes them feel best versus always looking towards the next diet or relying on external cues to tell us what to eat. Yeah. As I was mentioning in our pre interview is that I myself have struggled most of my life with an eating disorder because I started dieting when I was 12 and would yeah. would start to you know hang around with friends that were into binging and purging and all that kind of stuff and it's definitely a mindset and I wish if I could do you know I'm not one that's big on regrets I always think most of the things that happen happen for a reason for us rather than just to us. But if I could take anything back, I would have never started dieting in the first place because I probably wouldn't have had a lot of the issues that I have with weight, dealing with weight, if I hadn't started that. So I definitely like this approach and I really like to listen to folks like you who have these practices that aren't just talking about nutrition but are really talking about the entire picture because we're a whole person, not just our organs and all the stuff that, you know, I, I think a lot of times yeah. other stuff can get overlooked and it's it's equally as important if you ask me. A- absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of my, you know, I, I mentioned I work primarily with women and a lot of the work that I'm doing, you know, yes, I'm addressing, you know, hormonal conditions or GI conditions, but as part of that, I'm, you know, doing a lot of work with women to kind of unlearn dieting and break away from diet culture and, um, it, you know, the the story that you just told about your experience with dieting from a, a young age, you know, this is sadly the reality for, I would say, the majority of, of women in this day and age, because it's kind of um, impressed upon us at such a young age that we need to change our body size and we need to be on a diet or manipulating what we're eating or restricting. And it's really sad. So, um, a lot of the work that I do is kind of, yeah, helping people to reconnect with their body and celebrate food and start to really see food as something that can be fun and social and also be healing for the body and not scary or, you know, kind of breaking away from that less is better mentality um, in terms of, you know, I see a lot of, you know, I'm cutting carbs, I'm cutting calories, I'm cutting this and that. So kind of focusing on positive nutrition in terms of how can we add food to our life that are going to be pleasurable and that are going to make us feel good. Um, So kind of just approaching things from a different space. Well, and you know, the other thing about that whole thing is that it's very much about mental health, I guess, because if you're not good mentally, you're not going to really have any concern about being healthy physically. Yeah. and And I think it's this really vicious cycle with with dieting too because diets are very like sexy right so they promise all these things and we say oh everything's laid out that sounds so great and easy and I think it's important to remember that you know diets were not created for us to be successful in the long term right they're created to make money Um, the diet industry is there to make money and and 
So, and these are generic diets and we're all so biochemically different that it, it makes a lot of sense that we all can't follow the same diet. But um, yeah, it's this vicious cycle. So we hop on that diet and, you know, maybe we can follow it for a little while, but, you know, as soon as we, you know, break away from that and start eating normally again, maybe there's some weight gain and then we feel bad about it and we start to villainize these certain foods. And it's really just a, a vicious cycle and it, it's hard to break. But um, I think a lot of people are getting to that point where they're just, you know, they're fed up and they want, they don't want to be preoccupied with food and they want to be healthy physically and mentally. If I hear the word keto one more time, I think I'm going <laughs> to scream. <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you. (laughs) Well, Jillian, it's been so great having you on the show. If people have questions or want to learn more about you and your practice, where's the best way that they can uh, hook up with you, can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. Um, My Instagram handle is Prevention Pantry. So I share lots of recipes, nutrition tips, things like that on my Instagram account. Um, you can also reach out through my website, which is preventionpantry.com. Um, you can contact me through there. And I also share, you know, blog posts and all sorts of good stuff. That's perfect. And, and uh, we will have the links to all of those uh, points of contact you just mentioned in the show notes. Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. We started talking about malt and then we got into a whole bunch of other <laughs> stuff. But that was good stuff because like I said, I love it. I appreciate it. I wanted to take advantage of having you with all your experience on uh, on the show and asking you some other questions because you know, our audience, we have folks that are just that are have been vegan for over 30 years and some folks that are just starting a a meatless Monday. So and everything in between. Yeah. Uh, their family, some of them have they eat meat and some of them don't. So it's really good to hear uh, from someone who knows your stuff for sure about uh, health and the holistic, yeah. the whole thing, the whole shebang. So thank yeah. you. So yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we were able to connect with you and, uh, you know, and have you on. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure chatting with you guys. Thanks, Jillian. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Good. All right, well, that was a really great interview with Jillian. I really appreciated having her on the show. I think uh, it was great to, for her to be able to really get into in depth what are some of the benefits of malt. Mm-hmm. And I also appreciated how our conversation went beyond that. And we started talking a little bit about her practice and the, the whole uh, holistic approach to right. nutrition, mind, body you know, all of that. So that was really helpful. Well, you know, and I think that it was especially timely too. uh, recently in the peas and carrots society group on Facebook, we did have a, somebody asked a question about um, diet, seeing a dietitian and some advice that they had gotten from a dietitian that was not very good or not very open, I guess. Right. Not very open. And, and about, you know, encouraging them to saying that they needed to eat meat. And I mean, we had so many responses and such a good discussion in the group on that topic. And I think that just having Jillian on was just very timely then to, to kind of, you know, discuss that. Yeah, most definitely. The other, the other great thing, you know, you and I went to college just to date us a little bit, uh, at a time where we didn't even have cell phones in college, right. pretty much. I, I didn't I have had, a computer. I think I had a pager. That's what I had. I didn't even have that. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's so great that you know technology has enabled us to be able to seek out 
doctors and mm-hmm. nutritionists in this case and, and from different they don't even have to be in your city so that's that really makes it helpful to be able to reach out to other people so again if you're interested in reaching out to jillian we're going to have the links in the show notes so you can check her out that's right where where you can find her all right i think that does it for our episode this week until next time peace out bye Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind. 